What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the table to my right. I was about to say across the internet because I'm still <laughs> not used to it yet. My co-host, Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Pretty good. No bonjour now. No bonjour now. Wow, we're just switching it up all over the <laughs> we're place We're just, today. I'm feeling wild and crazy today. <laughs> With a firm, how's it going? Firm, how's it going? Well, it's going great here at Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, except this week. Sorry, we're recording a little later than normal, but you know, it's still the same week, so it counts. It counts. But it comes out Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. Find us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. we got a, a Discord channel you can join as well. And yes, those links are below. And finally, if you want to help make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, just like Elise M, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Fuchsia Rascal, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done. That list gets longer and longer, and I love it. Thank you very Ooh, much. We haven't been able to release any of the uh, the shots of it quite yet, but just a little uh, note for the patrons. Those emote packs yes, that we promised, those are in development and they are coming soon and they are looking sweet. Oh, I'm, I'm so they're excited looking for everybody really to see them. Good. They're, they're, you know, obviously the great thing to a good emote pack is based around like inside jokes and oh, like, yeah, and or like fantastic. show references. And so they definitely fill that, uh, that yeah. requirement and We're, they're, we're not going to say mm, anything else about kiss. it because it's going to be a nice surprise. But yes. those those are underway, so yes. we are we are really excited to be able to hopefully release those soon-ish. We commissioned what Pine Aura, Pine Aura, to do them for us. Like in Harry, well, excited. I would make a Harry Potter reference, but you weren't allowed. I to would read not those get books. it. I would not get no, it. I'm sorry. Never mind. But, you know. Well, we will be able to give her many many shout outs once we're yes. able to release the pack. So, so everybody get excited. That's coming out soon. But uh, just like they did, they went over to Patreon.com/slash/TeamChatPodcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and in return we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release access to a private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery and early access to like uh, other shows like patrons at our $5 level get two weeks early access to our to our Extra show, a subsidiary of Team Chat Podcast, Team Chit Chat, where Mogan and I talk about things that are completely unrelated to gaming at all, or they just can't be about games. They can be related. Games adjacent, just not about games. Games adjacent is a good way to describe it. I like it. that, right? That's a fun way to say it. And so uh, check all that stuff out. If you can't do that, that's no big deal at all. We totally understand it. But there are other great ways that you can help make the show bigger and better as well, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show, and, you know, just maybe just helping us put the good word out there yeah. of the old team chat podcast, the old TCP the as old they like to see TCP. But before we get into the main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment. With yeah. So August is actually pretty packed. So as of yesterday, before this episode's air date, I am dead oh. uh, released for PlayStation released for PlayStation five, Xbox series X and S PS4 and Xbox one. As of this episode's air date, black book is coming out. So this is the uh, Russian folklore card based game that I myself. Oh, that's right. The Kickstarter. Of. Nice. That's so exciting. I actually did get my backer rewards email today and Ooh. I was super excited. So a quick note about that for anybody else that did happen to actually back the Kickstarter, the Nintendo Switch codes are being delayed. 
by about two weeks. But if you were one of the switchbackers, they are giving out free Steam keys to those that are having their uh, Steam, their Nintendo Switch keys delayed. So what I a got good a, move. So I got a Steam key in the meantime. Nice. And I'm like, yes, I can't wait to play. So I'm really excited to be able to play this game soon. Uh, I'm probably actually going to try it out on Steam first just to see how it goes. And then once it moves to the Switch, I'll download that version as well. But that is releasing for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, eventually Switch two weeks from now. And it is currently available for PC. Button City uh, comes out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, Switch, and PC on August 10th as well. I hope that that's actually about sewing buttons and not like buttons that you push. <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but that's my wish. Godfall releases for PlayStation 4 on t- oh. today as well. Okay. Right? Godfall was the... PS5 launch. Okay. Yeah. All so right. they're they're and they're, they're releasing the backwards version. Yep. They're releasing it for PS4. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> These days, it's the PS4 games getting released for PS5. <laughs> Number one game of the year contender, Lawn Mowing Simulator, <laughs> is releasing for Xbox Series X and S Damn. and PC today as well. A part of me kind of wants that. I'm not gonna I, lie. Me too. Yeah. Just I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know how it is. Or do I want to mow? You, you wanted to laugh. I could, I could tell. <laughs> I did. I Tomorrow did. on August 11th, Glitch Punk comes out for PC. So does Icarus, again, only for PC. Also only for PC, Seed of Life. And then on the 12th, we have Art of Rally for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Switch. I imagine that that is probably a rally racing game. I could be wrong, but that's my best guess. Sounds like it. Foreclosed, which sounds like a very sad real estate and or banking game. Yeah. Uh, that's coming out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia. Ah, there Stadia it is. got one and PC on August 12th as well. So is Naraka Blade Point for PC. And then even later in the week, oh, this is a good one. Hades is getting its PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X and S, PS4, and Xbox One releases. Very nice. So if you haven't owned a Switch or if you haven't picked up the game on PC thus far, you can finally get Hades on all of the other consoles as well. Good for them. Good for them. Because I tell you what. Is your list done? I'll jump back. No, there's more. But okay. Go no, 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 no. Go ahead. Are I'll, we going to talk about how hot they are? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But and no. My, my main point, other than that, <laughs> the characters of Hades, because, yes, everybody They're there is so a They're so attractive. <laughs> but, um, No. As, as you may have heard on the show, like I recently started playing Hades for the first time not too long ago, kicking myself left and right for how long it took me to actually play it. But I will say that's exciting that it's coming to the PS5 and all that stuff, because even though I'm playing it on the Switch and having a damn blast, I actually got, I haven't completed a full escape yet. I'm getting close. Ooh, I got to the third boss. Nice. Very hard. I was talking about it with Bro Mogan the other I'm day sure when we were playing some Monster hard. Hunter Rise. And he was like, oh yeah, they're hard. And wait till you see what's next. I was like, wait, there's more? Oh God. But anyway, uh, I digress. The only thing that, why that makes me excited that they're coming to there, because while I'm having a blast on the Switch, I can tell you, I can see points of the game where I should be popping trophies and not getting that notification dinging on the Switch is hurting my soul a little you bit. You love those trophies. I do. You're all about that achievement life. Yeah. Yeah. For a person like me, I don't care. But, like, <laughs> but it's for just, somebody like you. Because I'm used to it with the PlayStation. Yeah. I feel like so I, I like see where they should be hitting. 
I get and it's it. just not hidden. And and a part of me misses that. I, that's really the main reason that I wish more games would hard bake their achievements into their systems, like Hollow Knight did. Yeah. Because when Hollow Knight released for Switch, the achievements were just built into the game. Oh. So even though there's technically like you don't get a little notice whenever. Right, and it's Wait, not like yes, a badge. It's not like a badge on your on your Nintendo profile. No, no, no. It's not like that. But you can still go out to the menu and check your trophies and see what which ones you see, have. That's gotten. nice. Yeah, it's I like nice. that. It's a nice feature. Uh, anyways, in other news, games that, you know what, we can pretend that this is actually starring Cerberus, even though I know it's mm. not. Paw Patrol, <laughs> the movie adventure City Calls, is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on the 13th. I'll be down- downloading that day one. Yeah, and then getting us just into a little bit of next week. I'm not going to go through all of them because, again, there's a lot. Road 96 is coming out for Switch and PC. Greek, but it's spelled G R E. A-K, Greek, Memories of Azure, is coming out for PS5, Xbox Series, XS, Switch, and PC on the 17th. So is Humankind for PC. And then also, shockingly enough, Marvel's Avengers War for Wakanda expansion, the DLC, is coming for PS5, Xbox Series, XS, PlayStation 4, Xbox One Stadia, and PC next week as well. I am very curious to see how that impacts Marvel's Avengers player base. Like, yeah. will that will be the bring, thing that finally brings people in? I think it'll bring people, people back again. I, I think, think it will, sure. but the question is to what extent and for how long? Because that's been the game's running problem is retention. Mm-hmm. They just can't retain players. But anyways. Well, I think giving new characters a new hero that's not an archery-based hero two in a row, I think that's going to help out. Who greenlit that move? That was a silly move. Who looked at Kate Bishop and Hawkeye and went two in a row? Yes, yeah, <laughs> no. That was no, not a bullseye. No. I don't know what they were thinking. Anyways, so that's, that's everything that's coming out. It was a bad joke. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it wasn't very funny. <laughs> I just like how you just glazed <laughs> over it. Not going to laugh. Oh, man. Okay, fine. Okay. Whatever. Don't give me the joy. Whatever. It's Sorry. fine. It's fine. Sometimes some jokes have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. All right, but before we get into the main topic, another quick little bit of housekeeping for everybody. Next week, we're, we are getting near. This is episode 249. Next episode is episode 250. So we're trying to get some stuff in the works, figure out something special to do for that, because that's a pretty big number. Yeah. You know? That, I think that, we can all agree that's a, that's a pretty big number. <laughs> that's a pretty good number for us to hit. So uh, in while we're getting stuff together for that, we're going to switch up our schedule a little bit next week. So what is that? Next uh, Tuesday is the 17th. We're going to be doing our next installment of Team Chat Plays. So, and we'll either be doing Guacamelee 2 or, like Mogan's idea during a Ratchet & Clank episode, she plays through Ratchet & Clank and I get to yeah. watch and commentate along and heckle. So, I would be so happy with both of those options. I think I think yeah. we should do Ratchet and Clank though. It's I, so I think fun. We should too. I want so to. <laughs> okay, Ratchet and Clank it is. <laughs> yes. Next Tuesday uh, on the seventeenth at seven p.m. Central Time will be our next installment of Team Chat Plays. So we'd love to see you there over on our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/TeamChatPodcast. Check it out. But moving on to the main topic of the day, I was actually looking back at our last few episodes. We've had a steady stream of review episodes. And it's not changing today because Mogan has is bringing to us today her review of the new Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap. Uh, and I wasn't really sure where you were going with that quick intro. I was like, wait, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. just throwing it yeah, at you. Yeah, I thought I was getting a surprise topic, which, which I would be <laughs> fine with. I can talk about almost anything. But yes, I am so happy to be able to talk about new Pokemon Snap today. 
I'm so happy to get to hear about it. I'm not one of the people that got to play the original one for N64. Yes. Back in the day, because my family actually never had an N64. Uh, We were a PlayStation 1 family, and that was all we could afford. This was not a multiple console household at the time. So we grew up on PlayStation and pretty much all of the big, like, N64 Nintendo titles. I was only able to experience through friends, Mm -hmm. like people that had them. And no one I knew had Pokemon Snap. I didn't even really hear about it until years later when I started getting more into the Pokemon games because of the DS. Right. Because I also didn't really play Pokemon on Game Boy. Like, it just wasn't it wasn't my jam. I didn't really play them, so I didn't know that. I had some of the trading cards. But that was Very about nice. it. So when I picked up Heart Gold for the DS, that was really probably my first real sit down of playing a Pokemon game start to finish. So anything before that, assume I missed the boat on it. Right. So new Pokemon Snap then, you know, I'm seeing all of the trailers come out for it uh, over the past year and it's looking incredible. And I'm thinking, yeah, that looks like the kind of chill, fun, colorful, happy, no thoughts, no brain, no thoughts, head empty kind of game that I'm in the market for. And it has delivered on all above and beyond what my expectation was. So I'll tell you right now, it's an incredible game. I would recommend it to really anyone. And actually, Jared, I was thinking like, I feel like Sam would love this game. I bet so. I feel like you also might love this game too, because you do photography. Just you, moving you versions with, of it. Yes. That's what this game is. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like that. You work with cameras. You've got to play new Pokemon Snap. That's true. So anyways, uh, the premise, if you're not familiar with Pokemon Snap, is that you play as trainer, player, character, you. And you get to obviously name yourself. You have no personality outside of being trainer. What'd you name yourself? Then? Uh, I'd, so I, for, this is one of the rare instances where I chose a boy character instead of the girl. Okay. And I gave him blonde hair and nice. I named him, oh, and very pale skin. And I named him, I don't know, Levitz. Uh, <laughs> I should have guessed. You should have guessed. I named him Levitz because um, if, you, if you're not aware, my PlayStation Network name is Levitz Lives because of old PS1 game, The Legend of Dragoon. Gotta get it in there, Circling folks. back around. And if you're not familiar with The Legend of Dragoon, here comes a big spoiler for the first disc. Levitz does, in fact, die. <laughs> he, he dies. If you're not caught up on this he, 1998 video he game. He does. He, he, it's actually from 90, 2000, technically, in the West. Oh, is it? It, was, it released in Japan in 99. Oh, so close. West that was a wild guess. I know. Yeah, you were very close, though. <laughs> uh, but the, the point is, Levitz is the best character in the game, almost. Well, in my heart, he is. And he just gets insta-murdered right off. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> bummer. I mean, I absolutely remember the first time it happened, I had to like go outside and cry a little. Oh, no. Because I was like... I'd never experienced it hurt death. baby Mogan's yeah, heart. I was like, oh my God, my favorite character. So it was horrible. So my thinking was, this is like his reincarnated life. So now he gets As to have a Pokemon trainer. Now he gets to have a Pokemon trainer life where he's not even catching the Pokemon. He's just there to take fun, chill pictures and have a good time. And I'm like, yeah. That's the kind of life I would want to be reincarnated into. So the setup is you as player player character, in my case, Levitz, you are obviously a child. Everybody in Pokemon is a child except for the professors. I don't know where the other adults are. I presume they've died. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have been recently transported, hired, 
interning at a place called the Lentol Region, which is not from any of the other Pokemon games as far as I know. And it is basically a series of islands out in ocean. I don't think it's ever named. Uh, maybe they just call it the Lentol Sea. That would kind of make sense. Anyway, so you have been hired, I think, uh, by Professor Mirror. Not Oak. Not Oak. Do you know why his name is Professor Mirror? Because of the camera lens. Because of the camera lens. Yeah. Somebody else asked about that, and I was like, you absolute buffoon. How could you not know? <laughs> it's because of the camera lens. <laughs> Although, you know what? To be fair, a lot of cameras these days are mirrorless. That's exactly what we were talking about, because I was like, well, no, it is actually kind of an obscure reference, because most mirrors don't even, most cameras don't even have mirrors, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so anyways, his name is Professor Mirror, because obviously every Pokemon professor has to be related to their game somehow. Yep. Uh, so he is right on brand. I think think that it may have been intentional that they were trying to go for like a dilf because he's kind because <laughs> he's kind of attractive nice in like All right, a, i gotta look him up in like a nerdy dad way i don't find him hot but i know a lot of other people do so i'm like yeah i get it and some of the requests that he makes of you are like I don't know about this, Professor Mirror, but <laughs> there's one in particular that I'll mention later just because it was cracking me up. But you've been hired by Professor Mirror to oh, come to the- Oh, hello, Professor Mirror. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty good looking. He's a handsome, handsome fella. Uh, anyways, you have been, I think, hired. I was spacing out so hard during the setup because I did not care at all. I just wanted to play the game. Just wanted but to take some pictures. You've come to the Lentol region to join Professor Mirror's research base. So he's got like a research center on the Lent on. Florio uh, on one of the Lentol Islands, and he is studying the endemic Pokemon. It's a lot like how you might imagine researching the Galapagos Islands would be. Ah. That's kind of the closest real-world equivalent I can make. So his whole job is he's researching this effect known as Illumina Pokemon. Uh, so there's this old legend from some dead guy's journal, some ancient explorer that left behind a jaunty journal of his high seas adventures and whatnot. Uh, and apparently he observed, the, the dead adventurer, he observed that there were gigantic versions of glowing Pokemon in the Lentol region, and he could not figure out why. The theory was that they were somehow affected by a meteorite that landed in the region, and maybe it gave them all crazy Gigantamax glowing powers. Mm -hmm. It's not actually the same as Gigantamax. It's just, you know, imagine a Pokemon, make it way bigger, and make it fabulous and glowing, and that's what an Illumina Pokemon is. So that's what Professor Mir is researching. He is joined by a research assistant who is also a child named Rita. And I'm like, why? What's with all this child Are labor? Are there not any teenagers? <laughs> like, where are the college age kids? Where's Brock? <laughs> He's got to be old enough for this by now. Uh, but anyway, so Rita and Professor Mir are your main crew. So Rita is kind of the character that gives you tutorials, more or less. She explains all the nitty gritty to you. And she's very like, high spirits, friendly. She's got cute purple hair. I personally don't like her, but that's because I hate all of the NPCs in this game. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> go ahead, just jot that <laughs> just down. Go just jealous, hate all NPCs. <laughs> Mostly just because I don't care but now, at all. Slight philosophical question. The Pokemon themselves are characters in other games, movies, whatnot. Does that mean you hate them as well? Because you can't no. play as them. Okay. No. Just wanted to throw that out they there. They are non-playable Pokemon. 
Got it. Not characters. NPPs. NPPs. Yes. Okay. Different. Now refer to as yeah. NPPs. <laughs> and now refer to as NPPs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's especially relevant since you can't capture these things. Mm. They, they mm. are free-ranging Pokemans in the Lental region. So the point is, as part of the professor's research, he needs help cataloging all of the endemic life on these islands. So he gives you a version of the Pokedex known as the Photodex. Delightful. 10 out of 10. Nice. I wish I had one of those. It sounds like the best invention ever made. The photo decks is exactly what it sounds like. You take pictures of Pokemon and it logs them into your photo decks and you can take up to four photos that you can save into your photo decks for any given Pokemon. Those contribute to how much you know about that Pokemon. So for example, if I had only taken two photos of Pikachu and not the other two remaining ones, then I would only have some of Pikachu's information populated like what type it is, mm -hmm. whether it's male or female, uh, just some really basic information. But it's like description, a little blurb that tells you more about it would be blank until I got the third and fourth photographs. So the gist is that as kid, as Levitz, you've been given a photo dex and you are just set out into nature to go take pictures and you have I would say that you have very little supervision but that's technically not true much like the old Pokemon game you are in essence on rails okay that's in quotes because you don't see the rails but you are on a set path by virtue of the neo one so you have this futuristic little pod it's like this tiny oh look it up it's a cool little hovercraft so it's basically this little enclosed but see-through hovercraft that teleports itself they they figured out teleportation technology in pokemon snap nice. and it apparently runs incredibly so it oh just, that's a fancy yeah, little craft it's fancy so it teleports you into whichever region you want to at set teleportation points and once you land the track immediately starts and off you go now your speed as you work your way through these various courses is very slow uh that being said when i was first starting out even though it's really like the pace is probably, I don't know, a foot per hour. It's, it's not much. You are going slow as hell. But my first time out on the course, I was like, oh my God, how do I slow this thing down? There's so many Pokemon. There's so much to see and do. What do, how, do, how can I make it go slower? That's so, what, oh, sorry. Oh, no, please go ahead. I was going to say, that's what I uh, remember from the brief, brief time that I played the original at a demo stand in Blockbuster. And I remember then playing it then and just being like, oh, this is easy. I just got to take pictures of these creatures. No big deal. Yeah. But they're flying. Even on the N64 one, though, I was just like, oh, this one. Oh, God. And it's like, I want this one. No, he's gone. And exactly. So like Exactly. And that is, they have absolutely kept that exact same both function and feeling in Pokemon Snap of constantly worrying that wherever you're pointing the viewfinder, you're missing something. Yeah. Something else is happening around you and you're probably missing out on it and it was probably really cool. So when you're going through the courses, you, of course, have not exactly a full 360 view, mm -hmm. but you have a pretty good view all the way around you and then sort of into the sky and sort of towards the ground. You can't go all the way up and you can't go all the way down, but you can get a good, uh, a, a good 
circumference around the Neo one. Uh, and there are a couple of ways that you can uh, make that a little bit easier. If you actually use the D-pad instead of the analog sticks, like back and forth, you can very quickly kind of snap to the four corners. So that's a good way to rapidly turn around and snap a Pokemon if you think something's going on over mm. there. Uh, but the for anyone that doesn't really know what the point of Pokemon Snap is, it relates to the photo decks. So the whole point of the game is really to fill up your photo decks and get perfect scores, or as high of scores as you're able to get. So the scoring system is a combination of pose, what pose is a Pokemon making, and how good is the quality of your photo. Okay. So in the four slots of your photo decks, there's, those spaces are designated as you need a one-star photo, you need a two-star photo, a three-star, and a four-star photo. Those star ratings are actually more related to the Pokemon's pose and not necessarily to how good the photo is. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I take a one-star Pokemon photo of just, I don't know, t t tan growth, and it's just standing there doing nothing then that's a one-star photo. But depending on how I've positioned the tan growth in that photo, I am then awarded a star rating on top of the fact that it fills the one-star slot. And that actual okay. rating is both in points. So they go from like, I think the worst score I ever got was maybe a, an 1,800. It was bad. Uh, the that's two, bad? Yeah, that, oh, that was bad. <laughs> because it equates to the the... The scale is bronze star, silver star, gold star, platinum star. Okay. I actually call it diamond star. I think it technically is platinum, but it looks like a diamond to me. So I'm like, yeah, it's diamond rank, obviously. Uh, so the the point values then are related to the stars as well. So if you get anything above a 2,000, that's a bronze. Anything above a 3,000 is silver. Four, that's not correct. At some point, there's gold. I think gold is maybe over 3,500. I don't know the exact scale. I just know that generally when I get a 2,000, it's a bronze. Mm -hmm. Low 3,000s are silvers. High 3,000s are gold. These are not exact figures. I am guessing on what my experience is, is I did not look it up in advance. And then anything above a 4,000, and this is actually correct, is diamond rank. Okay. So how you get these photos then is very exciting and and it, it's both very boring at times and fantastically exciting because as you're going through any given course for starters pokemon do appear in more region than just the first one that you go to so there are a few different regions within the lentil area that i won't I don't want to spoil all of them. I will obviously have to talk most of them at some point just because they're so fun and I just have to. But for now, I will just say that there are a handful of different regions that you can explore. And within each of those regions are a couple of sub-regions. So for example, with the uh, the reef. So you've got this area that is just the beach area. Mm -hmm. And first of all, it aesthetically speaking is almost an exact copy of that, oh, what's the area in the bubbling sea from uh, Mario Odyssey? The Champagne Sea. Maybe yes. it was the Champagne Sea. Okay, I know sea. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the place where Mario goes to recover like the fancy champagne that Bowser has stolen for his wedding. Yes. Imagine that place and just slap some Pokemon in there. Okay. That's exactly what that Mental image is, is like. complete. Yes. I know what you're talking about. So there's one course that takes you entirely on the beaches. There's another course that takes you out onto the reef. And then there's a third one that takes you under the sea. 
and the other regions follow a similar format well, there, where, where there will be an initial region and then maybe you'll unlock one or two more sub-regions within that same island because there's a all of these different subregions are basically localized on their own island. So you've got your first island, Florio, and then a couple of other islands eventually unlock as you make progress. Okay. So you make that progress through your overall Photodex score. And with each course, you get a, I guess you would more call it experience, not a rating. As you take photos of Pokemon within any given region and increase your level in that area, you start to unlock a additional levels of content. So for example, if I'm going through the first area, Florio, which is kind of just like a nature park, it looks like a very normal nature park. It's got green grass and trees and flowers. Mm -hmm. It's like a normal forest. In that area are things like Buffont. It's a buffalo. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's called Buffont. Buffont, Emolga, uh, what did Ducklet, mm -hmm. which just, it's not, it doesn't even sound like a poem. It's just a, it's sounds just like a, a duck. It's just a normal duck. Badoof, which is a little beaver. <laughs> there's Badoof, there's Swana, there's Pikachu. Pichu. There's Pichu, not Pikachu. Uh, and just all manner of other, I guess you would call them relatively normal Pokemon. Okay. Now, at level one of the Florio Nature Park course, all of the Pokemon in that course behave a certain way. And if you redo that course on level one, they will behave that same way almost every time. Occasionally things will happen uh, that are different, but you have to do something to make that happen. Okay. So for so if I'm going through course one and I only want to take photos of Pokemon to my left and just completely ignore the right side so that I can focus on this side and observe what's happening, at the end of that course, I will get graded on how many unique photos of Pokemon I took and whether or not they counted as an additional star rating, a one, a two, a three, or a four, depending on what I was missing. Okay. However, when I increase that course's overall rating to a level two, and then I go back and do it again, all of those Pokemon will be behaving a little bit differently. They might do things that they weren't do doing before, like Buffon, which is a big buffalo-type Pokemon. Uh, they may have just been casually grazing in the grass beforehand, mm -hmm. but now maybe two of them are actually butting heads because they're fighting over territory. Or before, maybe Hoot Hoot. An owl, as I'm sure you can imagine. As I would guess, yes. <laughs> um, maybe hoot hoot because I've gone back to the, uh, I've gone back, you know, at a different time or maybe it's a different time of day. Maybe he's actually awake now instead mm. of sleeping in his tree. So there's all kinds of different things that happen both at the different levels and whether you're going in the day or at night. I'm not sure that every region has a night version. Some of them do, some of them don't. M most do, but, mm. but I don't think all of them get it. But it is so exciting to start out on just level one day of any given course, and then like almost instantly if you take enough photos, rack that up to level two and go right back and do it all again just to see what changed. And then if you're even better, you might get night mode and then you get to go back again and explore all the new Pokemon that have populated during the nighttime. And it is just absolutely addictive. I have just been funneling hours into it and largely just because it's so chill. Yeah, it it's sounds like it would have to be chill. A chill fun game there's really there's no other than the course itself there's no real timer and even then you can just do the course again yeah. it's not like you're under a time crunch there are no days there's no schedule that you're up against so you just get to get in there 
and take photos. And then if you're tired of one region, you just go to the other region. Maybe you're tired of that region, you go back and go to another region at night. And just slowly throughout the game, you can increase all of your different levels in these areas to most of them go up to level three. Some of them also go to what's called max level, but there's actually no difference between level three and max level. It Mm. just means you stop earning experience points. Uh, That doesn't really matter, though. The point is there are different levels for each region. Pokemon within those regions do different things depending on the level of the course that you're at. And on top of that, you can get Pokemon to do special things through manipulating the environment. Which from a, a, what's it called, a biological standpoint, probably not encouraged. I'm not sure that Darwin was really out there on the Galapagos changing things just to see just to get the <laughs> birds to act differently around him but that's exactly what you do in Pokemon Snap because you have a couple of different features that help you explore these environments you have your scan so if I'm in the Neo 1 and I hit the X button it will basically send out a little scan of the immediate environment and it will make like a little alert noise and point you in the direction of something that might be worth scanning like maybe there's a tree and it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> That's all you need to know about it. It might say, oh, look at this weird tree. Uh, maybe if you did something, nudge, hint, nudge. hint, something would happen. The game really, I won't say that it holds your hand because I don't think that's true when it comes to actually taking photos, but it does does give you a good amount of help as far as pointing out things that you should probably be investigating. Okay. So you've got your scan, which also tells you what Pokemon are in your immediate surroundings. Like it'll come up with a little note that says like, oh, that's a Pikachu. Um, And that's how you can get a better sense of things that might be hidden. Like maybe something's in the grass and you can't tell what it is. But when you run a scan, you get a little notice and there's a couple little question marks over it. Reinforcing that something is in there. I have to figure out a way to get it out. So the scanner also kind of gets Pokemon's attention. So if I hit the scan button and maybe a... I'm trying to think of a bunch of different Pokemon, so I'm not just saying Pikachu over and over again. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) I am no help in this. You're on your own. Snorlax. Snorlax, sure. Uh, Anyway, so maybe Snorlax is walking away from you, and you're like, no, Snorlax, come back. If you do the scan button, it might kind of get his attention, and Mm -hmm. maybe he'll turn around, and then you'll be able to get a better photo. Oh, okay. So being able to get the good shots is the whole point of the game, and what defines a good shot are a couple of different uh, grading criteria, basically. So at the end of any course, when you're getting graded on your photos and Professor Mirror is going over them, he grades on pose, size, background, other things that I skip. (laughs) There's there's a lot there, but I skip over them every time because I'm like, don't care, don't care, don't care. Just tell me what my star rating is. I need to beat this number. That's all I need. Pose, size, background, direction. So basically how centered is the Pokemon? Is it fully in frame? Direction is a big one. And gosh, there are others. But can I you get come. artsy with these pictures? Like, can you like if you can you go for like the really artsy shot of like the Pokemon? Maybe it's obscure. Like it's got a, it's like it's behind a leaf or a tree, and so like the leaf is like out of focus, but you got the Pokemon's perfectly in focus, and so it just creates this artful this artful photograph. If d- does that t- help your score at all, or are they like no? There's a damn leaf in the way. So- 
X. Technically, X yes. So that actually is part of the game. So if I take a photo of a, you know, anything that is obscured either by another Pokemon or by foliage or it's partially around a corner, yeah. that does detract from your score. So ideally, the ideal photo of a Pokemon, uh, let's just say that it's level one for, for star level one for reference, sure. is a dead set on the Pokemon is facing you directly and its entire body is in frame as big as you can get it. Okay. So if I'm taking a picture of Squirtle, I want the whole Squirtle in frame just barely so that he looks as big as possible and is fully facing me. Though and it dead again, dead center. Like it can't be slightly askew. It has to be right in the middle, not cut off, not mm -hmm. obscured by anything, mm -hmm. and ideally looking at you. Those all contribute to a better all to a better overall direction score. They also typically affect size and pose. The other two that I don't often get are background and some other one that I just am totally blanking on. Because I don't think I actually get it that much. Background is a tricky one, and I'm not entirely sure what just dictates like they, they it. just don't want like a like nothing behind it like maybe if you could get a waterfall behind it or well, something like that usually you get more points if you do get something cool going on in the background that's what i mean like yeah. that's that's more points than just yes. having like like an open field behind the correct Pokemon. yeah okay. that'll get you more points so there's all kinds of different ways that you can get artsy with it but primarily the rules still apply that the pokemon needs to be centered as big as you can get it without being cut off and preferably facing you. And that will almost always generate a diamond score. Now, on top of that, if the Pokemon is doing something interesting, obviously that gets you into the two star, the three star and the four stars. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Flourges. I don't know how other people say it. I say Flourges because she looks like she's probably French. Uh, she is a beautiful grass type Pokemon. She has this big, incredible... I don't know, courted rough of us of sorts made out of flowers. And she tends to this gigantic meadow full of wild flowers and all the other Pokemon love her. She's the best. If you do something right, uh, for uh, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, she might actually use one of her moves like Petal Storm. So if she's actually using a Pokemon move in real time and you snap a picture of it, oh, that's an easy four star. Yeah. That is for sure a four star photo. Alternatively, if you use like the scan feature and you just get a Pokemon's attention and it looks briefly surprised, that might be a two star. Surprise Pokemon. Yes. Yeah, surprise, surprise Pikachu face. Surprise Pikachu. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so the two stars and the three stars, I actually have the most trouble with. The one stars and the four stars are usually easier to identify just because they're so obvious. A one star is the Pokemon is standing there. Mm -hmm. A four star is that Pokemon is doing some awesome shit right now and I've got to get it on camera. I'm never going to get it again. So it's an extremely addictive game in that regard. And it's really fun to go back and try and improve on your old scores. I replay courses a lot just because I want to go back and look at my photo decks and look at what my actual scores are for each of the Pokemon's photos. And if one of them sucks, I want to go back and get that score up because there is actually a little bit of competition in the game in that you can go to the internet feature because this is, it's not an online game per se, mm -hmm. but there are leaderboards. Uh -huh. So if you wanted to be the very best, like no one ever was, and then you would want to <laughs> go to the internet and go to like the worldwide rankings mm -hmm. and see where your 
total photo deck score. So the, the amalgamation of all of your photo decks photos, what does that score add up to? That's where it puts you in the world rankings. You can also narrow that down to just your scores versus your friends' scores, which I really like. And Bro Mogan is kicking my ass <laughs> at Pokemon Snap. He's so far ahead of me, I don't know how I'm going to catch up. He's in like the two millions, mm-hmm. and I'm at like 1.6 mil. And I'm like, oh my God, how do? what is he doing differently? But does time with the game affect that? Because it he's does. had it longer, he, right? He has had it longer, and I know for sure that he has made it farther than me. Okay. He's made it to a couple of regions that I think I haven't made it to yet. But I did technically finish the game. So I do want it out there that I technically did the region that completes the game. Good job. Good job. However, since then, they did a free free update. Oh. So the Pokemon company released, and this was like, this may have been a week ago. Uh, At the time that we're recording this, I think it was last week that the Pokemon company dropped a free update for Pokemon Snap that added two entirely new regions. And best of all, Psyduck. The best Pokemon in Pokemon. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's not actually my favorite. I sent for Bulbasaur, and I'm not sorry. He's the best Pokemon there ever was. He is my absolute favorite of all time. And I will, you cannot change my mind. Uh, But they released a new update that includes two brand new regions and a couple of bonus features, like the ability to become tiny. You can honey, honey, we shrunk ourselves. You can become tiny and then go through specific sections of courses. I haven't done it yet because I'm way, I'm basically just now getting to the uh, post game content. Mm -hmm. So you can become tiny and then go through courses and take pictures of photos of Pokemon like they're giants. And it's like, (laughs) that sounds awesome (laughs) and i cannot wait to do that but i haven't gotten to it yet because i'm trying to wrap up a few loose ends before i do that oh god getting out of breath (laughs) get so excited about pokemon (laughs) so the other thing that's kind of the through current of the game that is fun to a certain extent but is actually one of the few areas that i had problems with mm. is the story oh. <laughs> <I> just <don't. laughs> i mean uh, it's i was about to say there's a story to this yeah there is actually a story to this so that whole story of the illumina pokemon does actually kind of coalesce into a central mystery that you're uncovering because as you go so this is going to get into mildly spoiler territory okay so if you don't want to have anything spoiled for you you can tune out right now but i'm telling you the story does not matter <laughs> it absolutely doesn't matter you you will be able to have just as much fun with pokemon snap knowing everything about it as you will going into it totally blind Mm -hmm. so the illumina pokemon are basically five special pokemon one on each of the main islands uh bellisuva florio full volcano island it's not called that but that's what it is sure volcano island the maricopa islands Mm -hmm. which is a really that's the mario odyssey level and then snow island I don't know what that one's called. The Frozen Tundra. The Frozen Tundra. Oh, it's called Durice. There you go. It's a very on-the-nose name. Belly Suva is the most interesting one they thought of for the entire game. And like Maricopa, those are two fun names. Good names. Florio and Durice and Volcano Island are very... Volcanos. I think it's called like Volcarna. It's very... Sounds volcano-ish. It's very volcano-ish. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is, on each of these main islands... Usually after you get to level two in both the day 
and night version in most cases. Mm -hmm. Usually once you do those two things, and that's not all the time, it's just most of the time, when you do those two things, usually the professor will have suddenly gained enough research, enough data from your research to be able to say, whoa, we're getting a reading from that island. It seems like it's Illumina energy. You gotta go back out there and, at night and try to catch the Illumina Pokemon on your photo decks. And you're like, all right, sure. This guy is literally sending you out there, a mere child, to photograph the most gigantic Pokemon on planet Earth. It's like, even if they're very friendly, they could still hurt you by accident. Right. I don't think this is good guardianship. But anyways, so you go out to these specific regions and the Illumina courses are usually, are they called Illuminara? I don't care. I'm calling them Illumina. Okay. Uh, the Illumina courses are usually a different sub-course within that same region. So they don't exactly overlap the courses you've already done, but they're very adjacent to those. Uh, and then they're very, they are most of the time a lot shorter than a standard course because you're only meant to be focusing on the one gigantic Pokemon that is glowing and wandering around and you're like, whoa, this is awesome. And it is indeed kind of awesome. However, these are typically the courses in the game that I have found painfully in some cases boring mm. because the Illumina Pokemon are, they don't, they do a lot but they do it at such a slow pace that you're like, oh my God, this is taking forever. And that one course is only to capture pictures and of that, that one, one Pokemon. So it's really everything's just focused yes. around that. There's not a whole lot else there, going on. As you increase your level, eventually more stuff will start to happen. But it's still very minor in comparison to the other courses and in comparison to the obvious focus on the Illumina Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And if you miss a shot, like if you fork it up and you don't get the shot of the Illumina Pokemon that you need, you have to start all over. Oh, and no. it's just as slow. And in particular, I ran into a lot of just frustration with the Volcano Island Illumina Pokemon and the... The, uh, the Durice Illumina Pokemon, because they had specific requirements that you had to do to get the Illumina Pokemon to glow in the specific way that you then needed to take photos of, but they were constantly in motion. Mm -hmm. So it was actually really challenging to get them to just the state at which you can start taking photos. And then that state would wear off and you would have to keep doing it while you're also trying to get the good shots. And I just found it extremely frustrating and annoying. And overall, I would say that the Illumina courses were the low points of the game, unfortunately. It was harsh in your mellow. Yeah, they were just harsh in my, they were harsh in the vibe. Because all of a sudden it was just this one kind of tedious task instead of look at all of these options you have. You yeah. can take photos of any Pokemon you want. You can do specific requests. You have so much at your disposal. And then you're just, nope, one giant slow Pokemon coming up. And it's like, cool. I love that for me. That's what a cool fun time. Uh, so I didn't love those sections. However, I do want to give a small shout out to Meganium. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, the, it's the first Illumina Pokemon and it is a grass type. I am very biased towards Meganium because it was actually my starter Pokemon in Heart Gold. Oh, nice. I evolved my Chikorita. Oh, God, if I'm wrong about this. The Pokemon fans will be knocking Hang at on, the door. I gotta look up Ch Chikorita Evolution. <laughs> 
Please let it be meganium. Okay, it is, it is. All right, it evolves into meganium. Yes. <laughs> so in hard gold, Chikorita, I always pick the grass type because I'm not basic. I don't pick the fire type. You don't want to be Charizard? No. Or have Charizard? Bulbasaur. Obviously, I just uh, said it that's earlier. Said. Sorry, Bulbasaur. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I typically just love grass type Pokemon's designs, mm-hmm. which is why I always pick them. But so I have a very soft spot for Meganium. So seeing a giant one that was just a smiling doofus that I got to take pictures of, I was like, this is the best day of my life. Were you living the Jurassic Park thing where they like, yes. like, yes. That's literally what it was like. <laughs> it was totally like Jurassic Park. I was like, I'm so happy. But then the other Illumina Pokemon courses just suck. Oh. <laughs> they, they just they just blow. The one on Belisuva Island wasn't bad. Oh God, the one on the Maricopa Islands actually sucks. Oh really? I forgot about that one. So three of them hard suck. Two of them are okay. So in general, the Illumina Pokemon sections, I just thought were, they do advance the story, Mm -hmm. what little story there is, but if the game had just hard removed them, I would have been just as happy with it, really. So as a, as just kind of, kind of like, um, I guess we can say extraneous fluff on top of all of the rest of this is a really nice way to give replay value to the courses, which is the request system. So the way that the game kind of builds in its own content is that the other characters in the game, who I guess I really haven't mentioned, there's Professor Mirror, there's Rita, and then, God, there's these two other guys. But they suck so hard. <laughs> there's, And this is one of my running complaints about modern Pokemon, which is going to make me sound like a boomer, but I don't care. <laughs> Anytime you encounter your rival in Pokemon now... yeah. They're just your friend. They're like a friendly rival and they're like, oh man, you're doing so good. Well, I'm going to improve and I'm going to do even better than you, but we're still friends. And I'm like, no, we need to be mortal. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to be your friend. So mortal then, enemies. Yes. I want a real enemy. I want a rival that sucks. And I want to be like, man, fuck that kid. <laughs> so all these inclusions of these rivals that just aren't that is so it, it, it grates on my last nerve. And what's worse is the the rival in Pokemon Snap is named, first of all, Phil. Oh. Second of all, he is, in fact, a child. He's about your age. He has this god-awful spiky hair, kind of like <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! almost. But he's so annoying. Oh, no. His whole personality is like, oh, I can't believe you're doing better than me, and, and I'm, y'all show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on picture that same Pokemon is gonna be better than yours. I'm like, fuck off! I don't like you. Get out of Quit here. Quit riding on my coattails. Quit riding on my coattails. So I hate Phil, and if they delete, if they control alt deleted him from the game, I would be so happy. And then there's this <laughs> other character. I want to call him Tom. Yeah. That might be his name. Cannot confirm. I actually, so this is a, I will rescind something I said earlier. Tom looks like he probably is in his early 20s or late teens. Okay. He appears to be perhaps college age, and I think that he previously studied with Professor Mirror. So he kind of comes back to act as sort of like a mentor to you because he's now a professional photographer. So every now and then the NPCs will kind of pop up and they'll give you like little dialogue and they'll give you advice for things to do or hints, which isn't bad. And I think it's a feature that you can actually turn off if you don't want it. But all of this to say, 
the NPC's personalities I found so shallow and one note that it was like, why even put them in the game? Yeah. Just put me, give me the professor and, and just set me loose. I did not need these other extraneous three people that are adding nothing to my experience. So I found the inclusion of the NPCs overall to just be wasted space. Just wasted data, wasted space. You could have eliminated them entirely and it would have been a better game in my opinion. <laughs> but that's largely because I just want to focus on the Pokemon. However, the NPCs, one shining grace that they give you are requests. Mm -hmm. So after you've gone through a course and you know a little bit more about it, you might start getting requests from the NPCs. So Rita might be like, oh man, Snorlax is so cute. I really want a picture of it eating an apple. If you then go out and get that picture and you can show it to Rita, you get like a little reward. They don't always actually result in you getting something. Sometimes they're just for completion. But every now and then one of them will be a more challenging or mainline reward that will get you stickers and other things that you can use to edit your photos oh how so fun this is another really fun part that i didn't think i would use that much but i actually use a lot is the social photo sharing feature so kind of like with well, they, they kind of do it in Animal Crossing where there's a photo mode and you can post your photos online. Mm -hmm. In the case of Pokemon Snap, it's built into the game. So if you go to the internet feature and go to Worldwide Photos, you can view photos from your friends' accounts and photos from anyone else around the world. And to make your photos really stand out, you can add a caption and you can edit them through a variety of filters, frames, and stickers, which I'm not going to lie, so fun. What a cool fun time. Because even if you get a picture on a course and you're like, oh man, that's not even a good picture. I'm not going to get a, a good score out of it. Yeah. Maybe it's in such a way that you're like, oh, but if I edit that and give it a sweet caption and kind of like tell a story here and then post it online, everybody's going to like it. And I'm going to get so many sweet medals. Oh, they're called sweet, sweet medals. medals is yeah, what they're actually they're, called. They're basically just likes. Okay. So other players, if they like your photo, they can give you a little sweet medal and it's like, look at my rankings. So even though Bromogan is crushing me in the photo decks department, I have more sweet medals nice. than him nice. because well done. my photos are better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really fun to go in and just like put big googly eyes stickers on your Pokemon sure, sure. and give them like a rain filter and be like, ooh, they're feeling so emo right now. It is ridiculous and fun and I really like the photo editing feature. It's not necessary. You don't have to do it. It's just a fun little add-on that you can do in your spare time and i actually do quite a bit i should i should share a bunch of my photos in the uh in the discord yeah absolutely because i've I'll got see them all. i've got some good ones uh anyways all of this to say pokemon snap is it's a 10 out of 10 well it's a 9 out of 10 okay minus one for the npcs and for the illumina pokemon courses sure sure but that's fair other than those very minor detractors i think it is a fantastic game I absolutely would recommend it to anyone, even if you don't like Pokemon, mm -hmm. because it's not like that. It's not really, I mean, it is, but it's not your traditional Pokemon game. Right. There's no fighting. There's no RPG elements. You just get in there and take cool, fun photos of Pokemon, and then you get out and everybody wins. What a great game. Nice. I will be playing it. I think I've already put... I was going to say, how many hours do you think you've put I in I think it? it took me about 35 hours to beat the main story, mm -hmm. and I have kept playing since then. So I would guess that now I'm probably at or over 40 hours. Oh, okay. And I'm fully expecting to put in probably at least 60 before I decide that I'm fully burnt out on the game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that honestly might not even ever happen because 
There's nothing to get burned out on. Well, yeah, you put it down for a little yeah. while, come back to it, and you, yeah. you know, and re-energize. Then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot I had such a bad picture of Ratata. Ratatat? It's a mouse. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know that one from Pokemon Go. There, there you go. All right. So yeah, Pokemon Snap is a fantastic game. Everyone should play it. Uh, go, go buy it. You will not regret it unless you hate fun. <laughs> I guess if you, I guess if, if you, you don't like it, you're a fun hater. Yeah, if you don't like it, you're a fun hater. That's exactly right. I will not be taking criticism. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk and goodbye from my TED Talk. Awesome. Well, it does sound like a really good time because yeah, I mean, like other than like I said, the brief, briefest of briefest time because like the times I played at, at Blockbuster was probably a solid five to ten minutes. You know, maybe twice. When I leave to go to Iceland because mm. if you if people don't know I'm going to Iceland soon very fun I should Iceland. let you borrow Pokemon Snap okay so that you can play it while I'm gone because it is very fun yeah I'd love to try it out I bet I really do think that Sam will love it and if she doesn't I'll be crushed okay. so I'll let her know that yeah even if she doesn't like it lie okay and tell <laughs> me that tell, she liked it. protect your feelings just protect and my feelings I don't need the truth just tell me <laughs> she enjoyed it <laughs> awesome well we <sighs> would love to see some of your Pokemon Snaps I as well really, if you are playing the game. I genuinely would. If you have Pokemon Snap and you haven't added me on Switch, go to the Discord. We've got our friend codes in the Add Me channel. Yep. We also have a photo mode channel just for posting your video game photos. I really want to see other people's Pokemon Snap photos. So please, please, please do that. I want to compare and, awesome. and see what I'm missing. So yeah, send us your snaps, send us your thoughts on Pokemon Snap, and uh, we would just, because we just love to hear about it. So you can do that by, as Mogan said, going to the Discord, sending us through, sending them to us there. You can write us an email at teenchatpodcast at gmail.com, or, you know, comment along on any of our social media channels, YouTube channel, wherever you're taking in the show, we would love to hear from you. But that wraps up this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.